lie, I be rolling with you, mommy. I be feeling the motion when I'm inside you. I be deep as the ocean. When it comes to your love, can't lie. If you strong as a potion, that's why me and you forever be coasting. Let's roll. Cold pilot on the passenger side, be so fly. She so lit, we so high. Just me and my chick, yeah. Just me and my chick, yeah. Cold pilot. Yo, 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 what up, y'all? Y'all know what it is. It's your boy, Rob, man, and we back with another one, man, sparking conversation. And like I always start to show off each and every week, man, with a bunch of thank yous, man, to all the people that be downloading the audio version of this podcast, man. Y'all keeping us alive out there in the audio world is so dope, man. We streaming on all the major platforms that you get your podcast. And we out here, we doing some numbers too, man. Like I really, I'm just thankful. So I just always want to start the show off just giving thanks to all the people that actually take the time out to jump on when we go live and also take the time to watch the playbacks because y'all do all the time, man. And it's, it's really dope. And even the clips that we put up, you know what I mean? Like we understand too that a couple people, they, they get in their feelings a little bit, but that's what it's about, you know? That's why we titled the Joint Sparking Conversation because without conversation, you know, or communication, you know, how can we get any understanding, you know what I'm saying? So before we start, we like to give a shout out to all the people that support the show. Y'all know the links are in the description. So just, you know, check them out, go through them. Don't forget that if you are a person out there that has a desire to have your own business and all these other things, remember business credit, even if you don't, like if it's just ways you want to maneuver around life, and you don't want it to affect your personal, learn about that business credit. I promise y'all, man, if y'all take the opportunity or the time to just learn about it, all right? And then if you need questions answered, ask the right questions, find the people, whoever you need, and just get it down. I promise you, if you learn how to use business credit, you can help leverage and you can just build wealth from there. It's like one of them things where it's just something about information that when we don't know about it, it changes us once we figure it out. It's like, you can't unknow something once you know it. You can't unsee something once you see it, all right? So I just want to throw that out there. Y'all click the link in the description. It's a free ebook that breaks down the difference between business credit and personal credit and how business credit works. So, you, it's, you know, it's no excuse. It's a free ebook. Download it, read through it. It's a short read, but it got a lot of information in it. So check it out, yo. All right, back. So... I also want to say, man, you know, um, it's a lot that we we we, we was going to talk about this week, yo. But we're going to do something a little different because we got a we got a special guest that we're going to bring on tonight. All right, we got my man um, John C. Barnett. He's going to come on and join us in the show. He's a civil rights activist, man. Um, I think he's based out of the Charlotte area. I did a whole lot of looking and researching. He be he be really everywhere. So technically, the same way based out of really don't matter, whatever the issue is, he pretty much is going to get there and we're going to make something shape. You know what I mean? So we're going to talk to him a little bit because, you know, it's a lot of questions that I want to ask personally, because as I see in our community, man, it's a lot of us that know what the problems are. We know what the issues are. And then sometimes we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. That's really, you know, the inner works of certain things or why we have to deal with life the way we have to. But it's good to ask certain questions because I believe that, you know, nowadays, man, it's so easy for us to really have to rally together when it's, you know, a us versus them type of thing or when it's a white versus black type of thing. But when we out here doing it to each other, man, I think that that's just as important for us to try to get some understanding on what the solutions is so we can really stack our numbers and not keep deplenishing or deplete, depleting 
you know, our ranks, man, because we out here killing each other and they not. And let's even speak about that because y'all saw what happened out there with the whole little drunk community that was going on out there. They up there fighting the cops. Not one single person got tasered. They didn't get shot. I mean, man, and I mean, they just straight up having a fight with the police, man. And you see the, the, the straight up treatment of how we get treated differently. And we ain't even be escalating like that. We could be complying and we still get these type of things held against us, man. So I just wanted to say, man, this is probably a, a good reason why we had John come on today because of what's been trending all week, because we definitely was going to talk about it. So it's a good thing that we got my man on. So I'm going to bring the crew up in a minute. I got the crew in the building. We're going to figure this out, and then I'm going to bring them on, and then we're going to get some things going, man. We're going to chop it up. We're going to have a dope conversation. You know what I'm saying? We're going to ask a few questions. We're going to find out what he's been doing. You know, and, and, and I really want you people to kind of check out. Like, we're going to talk a little bit about the resume, too, and what he's been doing. And, you know, I think a lot of y'all will probably be very interested in some of the, the things that he's been a part of, what's involved in what we consider civil rights, you know? So, um, yeah, we're going to get into that, yo. I bet. So before we do that, let me bring the crew up. You know what I'm saying? Let me check and see who in the building. You know how they do. They come in with the energy. What up, me? What's up? What's up? I see double. What's going on, y'all? Hey, hey, hey. Ellie. What's up, bro? Back go. in the flesh. What's the up? Flesh, Yo, everything good, man. Now you know me crime fighting, man. I already know. You've been saving people, yo. I saving know. these hoes. Saving these hoes. Oh, come on, man. Come on, me. Don't do it like that, yo. He out there super saving. Yo, but you know, <laughs> hey, you know how that go, man. With a, it, It's a lot you can do with an EBT car, yo. Facts. But listen. Yo, shout out to y'all. I know y'all, I, I want to ask y'all how y'all week been going. You know what I mean? So, but I've been talking to, you know, y'all all week. So I guess I could talk to Kevin. You know what I'm saying? Kevin, what you been doing? Man? You been all right, I've been all right, man. You know, work. Um, you know, trying to, you know, keep my head down, stay out the way. You know? Amen. Amen, y'all. Um, it's been a lot, though, going on, y'all. I wanted to talk about some of the things we're going to talk about next week because I feel like it's important, man. We got to talk about what's going on in Hawaii. We got to talk about why celebrities are out here buying up the land over there, but up here endorsing the, the people of America to give and donate, you know, to, to Hawaii. But they got they sending billions of dollars over to Ukraine by mistake. Like, it's really corny out here. So it's a lot we're going to jump into. But before we do that, I'm going to bring my man on. We're going to bring my man John C. Bar Barnett on. And we gonna chop it up with him, man. Um, I came, I came to uh, come come across this brother because I was invited on a panel to speak for a young lady in the Raleigh area, man. Her name is Ladeja Nelson, man. She and her boyfriend, you know, they've been in jail for about three and a half years or so. For uh, well, I, I don't even want to say what it's for because technically, the way that it all looked like, it just looked like they were being blamed for something that happened well you know they were there at a certain point but it just what happened to the guy happened weeks later and you know they never got a fair trial since then they didn't get i mean like it's just been really treated like you know like i'm talking about the bottom of your shoe when it comes to you know just trying to get justice man like if, if anything these people should have been had a court date or anything but they haven't you know and it's sad that, you know, that's the type of things that we have to go through as people just because of the skin color we was born in and it's whack. But 
I'm gonna bring John up real quick and um introduce him to the crew and see what's good. John, what's going on, bro? How y'all doing? Peace and blessings. How y'all doing? Good. Good. Right, can... we, we in the I building. Got, I, we in the... I got I got this uh uh app to work, so I'm excited. Oh. Hey Mika <laughs> CJ and uh, Kev, how y'all doing? Hey, good, how are you? Doing good. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm glad we finally got it to work, man. It got it to work right on time. That's how it is. When it's supposed to be right, it'll get done when it's supposed to, right? All right, so look, we just want to introduce you to the people, you know what I mean? Introduce you to the audience and stuff like that and let them know exactly who you are. I felt like it who better than you to tell you, you know what I'm saying? So if you don't mind, just go ahead and tell the people what's going on with you, man, and who you are, B. Yeah, I sure will. Thanks. And thanks, Rob, for having me on your show again. I I'm I'm a, I'm a new subscriber to your show, and uh, I just did a big text blast about sixty people. So a lot of people okay. should be tuning in from from Sunshine Anderson to uh, her daddy to people in Mississippi uh, and the whole nine in Charlotte. I'm living in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, gotcha. but I started out like probably probably I came from the humble beginnings. I'm I'm pretty sure just like you and Kev from the neighborhood, graduated from school, and then all of a sudden your friends start disappearing, going to prison. So um, I'm from. Uh, South Carolina. I grew up in South Carolina, um, and and I guess I go straight to graduate from high school, went to the military, came back. All my friends were in prison, about nine of them, and my cousins. So I began to um, um, write them in prison. And before I started writing them in prison, in '94, uh, my brother was shot in the back by my cousin over a pair of tennis shoes. So I actually had a life-altering experience. I actually ended up. Um, watching my brother take his last breath. And that just motivated me to just reach out to our brothers in prison. But then after 95, 1995 came, I went to the Me Man March. And Minister Farrakhan told us to go home and write one brother in prison. So since Chris was my cousin, I began to write my, my um, brother's killer in prison. And uh, I was on my way to D.C., so I was listening to Tupac, reading Malcolm X's book and going to church on Sunday. So I put all, all right. that together and came up with an acronym called Thug because I'm a big Tupac fan. You know, I just right. listen to his rap music. You know, you got to understand that his book is be, was being studied. His book of poetry was being studied in Harvard University after right. he died. So um, I'm more intrigued by his passion and his, and his knowledge. And so uh, I came up with Thug when I left the Million Man March. I just called it Thug, walked out on a limb. But I wanted it to stand for something positive. Uh, I found out that the, the, the Fugees, you know, the Grammy nominated group, I was busting down the charts, Lauren Hill and Wyclef and Pros, free Pros, by the way. Um, they refugee was the name that they was calling uh, Wyclef John, and I didn't know that. So right. he said, they said a refugee from Haiti will never be a rapper. So he took the R and the E off a of refugee and came up with the Fugees. He said, I'm gonna show y'all. And then 12 million records later, two Grammys, uh, you know, they're now in the history books. That's so right. I wanted thug, I wanted thug to capture people's eyes, but to stand for something positive. So I came up with true healing under God, and I started setting up prison outreaches for black pastors. You know, um, and if you don't know, when Dr. King was alive, there was three hundred thousand black men in prison, and today we got one point three million. So wow. his his dream is a nightmare. So I began to write my brother's killer and a lot of my friends, and then it just grew to like seven hundred inmates in thirteen states. Uh, Two thousand two, I wrote Reverend Sharpton in jail through my prison outreach. Uh, shockingly enough, he wrote me back and invited me to New York City. And then I began to work with the National Action Network for six years. So I carried Reverend Sharpton's coffee and, and carried his briefcase and the whole nine, um, gotcha. kind of like a, a little student, like Malcolm following Elijah Muhammad. But then gotcha. in uh, 08, I just took it upon myself to go full time in civil rights. 
Um, so I'm still a member of the National Action Network. Myself and Tamika Mallory, believe it or not, was working in the office with Reverend Sharpton. Uh, yeah. So we both, she started Until Freedom, and then I started Thug, and we kind of both came together during the Shankarella Robinson case. So right now, Thug, True Healing Under God, in closing, um, we have operated in 17 states. Um, I don't have a laptop until last week. This um, nurse, um, who was the clerk of court in Charlotte, bought me a laptop. I was bragging about the fact I'm in 17 states, I don't have a laptop. So she literally just bought me a laptop last week. So shout out to them sisters. Uh, right. Kiana, right. I got to get make sure I plug them. And uh, Kiana, I'll call her Q and Kiana. Um, and so what we've been doing, I've been directly involved with dealing with real issues. Um, I can go on and on. I, I tell people I got more cases than R. Kelly got hits. You know, I, we worked on the Shankrella Robinson case. I sent pink envelopes to, to Mississippi. Um, I worked with the Emmett Till case, looking for an old white lady that 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 conspired and, and orchestrated the death of Emmett Till. Right. right before we filed a lawsuit, me and my big brother, attorney Malik Zulush Boss from Atlanta, once we filed that lawsuit, she died. Right. And of course, we later ended up going to the White House. We dropped the Till family off at the White House and they went and watched the Emmett Till movie inside the White House. Then we got through that case and then Mississippi came. Six deputies tortured two black men, Michael Jenkins and Eddie Parker is on CNN right now, and just shot the brother in his mouth, in the house, no warrant. Accused them of selling drugs all because they didn't want two black men to hang out with white women. It was like, a, it was like Emmett Till all over again. Right. So we have, recently, we have recently put pressure on them. I initiated direct civil rights because the lawyers can't do what I do. Um, so that's the blessing behind me. I'm, I'm, I'm ungoverned. There's only three people who can tell me what to do. My mama, my pastor, and Al Sharpton, all three of them crazy. So right. <laughs> my lawyer, my, so lawyers can't move and do demonstrations, you know, unless you got Ben Crump money. A lot of lawyers are challenged by the state bar to do demonstrations. Right. They want to use their legal knowledge to win cases and not public appeal. So a lot of times lawyers like, um, Benjamin Crump. I worked with him with the Shankrella Robbins case. Blessed to have his cell number. Um, Malik Zulu Shabazz. I work with 32 lawyers because they, I can do things that they can't do. And that's exposure. And that's what we did in Mississippi with those six cops. They, by the time I got through whooping their ass, excuse my French, they actually bowed down and, and said we guilty of torturing Michael Jenkins. If y'all don't know this story, it's going to blow your mind. It's that they were literally tased. They were waterboarded. They put sheets over their head, uh, poured water and milk threw eggs on them, made them try to suck on a dildo. Uh, then they began to tell Michael Jenkins to suck on the gun. Uh, once he sucked on this gun by Hunter Elwood, one of the deputies, he pulled the trigger, didn't go off. The second time it went off and shattered the left side of Michael Jenkins' jaw. Surprisingly enough, he lived. So not only did we get six cops fired, which is unknown and unheard of in Mississippi, we made history with six deputies being locked up, eating cold grits right now. But we also filed for a $400 million lawsuit and uh, it's going to be very easy to win that case because the, the deputies just pleaded guilty. Well, yo, I ain't going to so, lie. When I looked up the case, man, I it made me mad. I, I, I'm i still at a place where it, it still kind of angers me to see the type of things that we have to deal with just because of the way that we, you know, our skin color, just because of how we were born and we yeah. were, how we were chosen. We have to deal with things that come with such like acts of violence in that manner where they'll go that far. Luckily, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't die, but just the fact that he had to go through that, I don't even know if that's considered lucky um, yeah. to be shot in your jaw at all. I mean, I guess just the fact of the matter that, you know, his family still have him here. But at the same time, you know, we know it's a lot of things that happen to us that don't, that go unreported. Yeah. You know, Michael um, Jenkins, Michael Jenkins actually 
um, said something that CNN used as a quote. He said, these deputies killed me. I just didn't die. Oh, wow. And he, it's a miracle that the bullet did not go in his brain cavity or down his throat. It literally went to the left side. But I think I called him, you know, I called him this. He was a, a sacrifice for so many other people who have been done wrong in Mississippi. And this is the time that we, you know, we as the young generation, the, the new vibrant activists and, and lawyers that's in place now that God has blessed us to be in these positions to fight aggressively, not, not, not go to these bunch of banquets, you know, and, 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 you know, scratch where it doesn't itch. You have to be very aggressive. And I think that comes from your experiences. I got nine friends in prison. You know, we, I rode around in drug dealers with guns in the car, nine millimeters. I hung out with the Nation of Islam where they was telling me they hate white folks. You know, so I've had a lot of experiences that have kind of given my it's given me some tough skin to gotcha. just deal with the reality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was gonna be my next question for you. Like, you know, you know, mentally, man, how are you when you're dealing with all these things, man? Because okay, I said it again. I said mentally, how are you uh with dealing with a lot of these things? Because I'm sure it takes a toll on you to have to have these thoughts. I get the action, yeah. but just the yeah. thought behind what you're getting ready to do, you know. You, you know what? I'm literally numb to it. I think I've seen people die in my neighborhood, people stabbed, people shot. I mean, when you deal with so much problem, um, so many, I mean, you've been through the fire, then when you get burned in the future, really, you, you, you become numb to it. So I think that um, I, I'm not affected at all. I, Starbucks, you know, hang out with good friends. I keep a lot of positive energy around me. I don't eat, I, I'm, I'm healthy. I don't eat meat, <laughs> don't eat pork. You know, don't eat chicken, you know, and I think I've, I've kind of I, I really reach out to the ancestors. Like when I speak, I literally say, God, give me the spirit of Malcolm X today. Give me the, give me the spirit of Med Gavras. What would Magra say today? Um, so forth and so on. And uh, and so that's what's helped me. But I'm, I'm literally not I'm numb to it. I mean, I've been doing this 17 years. It's like, OK, somebody got shot. Let me go get a lawyer and file a lawsuit. And, you know, the police did this. Let me go get them fired. So we've been blessed to get 32 cops fired and 31 people out of jail in prison. Um, and I think it's a little addictive because if I get a cop fired, first one I got fired, I was like, hey, I can do this again. And I heard Michael Jackson and Usher got addicted to Grammys. Michael won eight Grammys, but Thriller, he wanted to win another Grammy and another Grammy. And so for me, it's just the total opposite. When I get one cop, I got one cop fired, I could get 16 cops fired. Now I'm at 20. And just recently, just last month, myself and Attorney Malik Shabazz, we got six stuff. I'm looking for six more, you know, because I know the injustices that we live at in, in this country is not going anywhere. And I'm almost beginning to think that what Minister Farrakhan was saying, the only way we're going to have some peace, y'all, is we got to separate some things. I know you ain't got to leave corporate America and you, you ain't got to tell LeBron to leave the NBA, but there are some things that we got to keep all black. My mother in Charlotte, North Carolina, I got to tell you this, Ra. Um, yeah, definitely. We, 5,700 black boys have been suspended from school. And I told my mother this. My mother said, why are all them boys getting suspended? So I don't know. She said, nobody got suspended in our school. I said, why is that, mom? She said, we had black teachers that was over us and they wanted to make sure that we, we prosper and we get an education. She said, no one. And so when I look at the fact that we still putting black boys on the bus in Charlotte after 6,000 have been suspended, who's the fool? C.L. Smooth has a C.L. Smooth and Pete Rockett C.L. Smooth has a hook. He says, "A man that can't teach you right can't treat you right." Facts. And and so so I think we have to kind of reevaluate where we are. When Dr. King was alive, as I told you, we had less men in prison. We got more men in prison now, and we got less men active in the community. 
You know, so I think it's imperative that the black man stand up, uh, respect our black women from Sandra Bland all the way to the sister down on Main Street. Uh, it's imperative that the black man take his rightful position. Uh, and I think that'll resolve some of the issues. It, I'm going to give you this for free. All I right. studied why black men and why my friends were in prison. And I found out that 91% didn't have a loving father in the home. This is what the study said. Now, I looked at that word. I said, wow, it said loving father. It right. didn't just say a daddy. You know, right. Papa was a rolling stone and the devil's a lie. It said loving father. And because we have so many men in jail, I would almost, I'm going to bet you a million dollars that when you ask these men in prison, where was your daddy? They won't be able to tell you. Right. He was around, but he wasn't active and he wasn't initiating that love that most black men need. So the reason we got these, as the America calls them, Frankensteins, these, these young people, these thugs that they've created, that tend to be out of control, hands pull down. They listen to the same, some of the music I like, because I like Young Thug and I like, you know, the whole nine, but I don't let it take over and succumb my mind. But we, what America said is we created Frankensteins. And in 1953, the most feared man in this country was a black man. And in 2023, I mean, I was a white man. And in 2023, the most feared man in this country is a 16 year old boy walking down the street with Skittles and iced tea. So I always yeah. ask people, I wonder how did it change? In 1953, Dr. King was scared he's going to get hit by a rock. My brother was scared. My daddy was scared. But in 19, in 2023, the most feared man in the country right now is a black man. You got to ask yourself, why is that? You get on the elevator. I'm in the courthouse in Charlotte. White lady grabbing a pocketbook. <laughs> you know, we got these fear factors. We got these Karen and Becky's out here. They are scared to death of us. And so... You know, I think again, it goes back to that fatherhood. You know, right? Cut me yeah. off. I'm, cut me off if I'm long-winded. No, no, no. Good. We <laughs> look. This is why we had you on, man. Because you know, it, it makes no sense for us not to have you on and not to listen. You know what I mean? I think um, everything you're saying is stuff that we all have to. I think we all think about these things. I think the one thing that you did do so far in the midst of that was you came up with solutions. A lot of times, people don't have solutions for the problems that we deal with. We uh -huh. are always reiterating the problem. And I think we all know the problems. I mean, no matter what, you know, direction it come from, we know the problems. We just got to get a little bit more in tune on what the solutions are to help fix these problems because That's they right. can I, be I, fixed. It, exactly. I think 89% of the problems in the black community is the black man's fault. I'm going to tell you why. When Adam uh, was first encountered by Eve's mistake, uh, mm -hmm. This pastor talks about this a lot. He didn't ask for ease. He asked Adam, where art thou? Mm -hmm. He asked the man of the house, the man of the garden, where are you? And why have you allowed your woman to go astray talking to a, 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 a serpent at a tree? So, and in reality, the, the, the responsibility falls on the black man. I'm going to tell you why. It said that the men are in prison because there's no loving father. These boys are, are getting suspended from school because there's no father. If daddy was at home, he would whoop his butt. Mama can't control this young black boy. And she sure can't control three black boys. I know a lot of mothers, they got three, four boys. You know, they, they relentlessly staying at soccer practice. I mean, football practice, we don't do soccer. Football and basketball to keep them active. Right. And then we, and then when you look at the, 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 the way the boys are walking around with their pants pulled down, for example. I mean, I'm a, I had OGs in my neighborhood that they didn't even care if they was kidding me or not. They would tell me what to do. Second thing we don't do, we don't get whoopings no more. 
So, but I, when I think ultimately uh, with all the problems that we have going on, I'm telling you, if they just, we just upgrade the black man a little bit in all of those areas, I'm almost certain things will get better. I got to tell you this. Uh, National Geographic did a study, y'all. And uh, y'all going to love this one. And they studied, they did a study of African elephants. And what they had, they had all these elephants in this tribe, right? In this village. And what they did was they took the African, they, they, they programmed them first, like most black folks is in this country, right? Yeah. Go to work, clock out, clock in, go to dentist's office, sign here. You know, you, you program. You go to church at 11 o'clock on Sunday. You know, and a lot of Afro-Americans are programmed and a lot of us need to be deprogrammed. So what they did was they began to, um, what they began to do with the, the elephants is that they, um, they told them, they programmed them at five o'clock, they would sound this alarm, elephants would go to the trough and begin to eat. They did this for like two weeks. They sound this alarm, elephants would hear the noise, they would go to the trough and begin to eat. So what they did, after two weeks, they took the father elephants out of the tribe, right? They took them away, miles away. So the only elephants that were left was the mother and the young symbols, I'll call them the young youthful elephants. When they would sound the alarm, the elephants would begin to uh, uh, knock the mothers, hit the mothers with their trunks. And after about a week, when it was time to eat, they would knock over the trough, then nobody would eat. So after about two or three weeks, watch this, all of the elephants, the youthful elephants had taken over the tribe, just like the young blacks are doing, my brothers and sisters, my brothers in particular on the streets. America is scared of these young black boys. They creating gang units and, you know, the whole nine and scorpion units, you know, shout out to them cops. They, uh, shout out to uh, the police department in Memphis that, that, uh, that um, charged those guys today. I think um, Terry Nichols is trending uh, as far as their um, sentencing. So this is what happened. So after a while, the mothers just didn't even bother to even try to direct the young elephants. In the end, what happened is these young youth elephants had taken over. And in one great day, y'all, what happened was they opened up the village and they allowed the fathers to come back into the village. Now watch this. Just the sound of the father's elephants made the young youthful elephants bag up. Within days, everything was back in order. This ain't people. These are elephants. But they did the study to kind of Show us a picture of ourselves. Gotcha. So that's why I'm real big on men, you know, in the church. Like you got these non-denominational churches and they ain't got no men involved. And there's no more deacons. There's no more ushers. There's no more trustees, you know. And so I'm in that's, the church. That's because these dudes be pumping on all the women in there. But I, I'm going I'm to give you something, though, like because yeah. that's the thing that be going on with nature. I think that's a I think that's a problem with a lot of us that we forgot that we need to pay attention to nature because one thing that you did explain about the father not being around is that that is natural for him to be there. But then, you know, not even, I think it was like maybe a couple of shows ago, we had a young lady on and we were talking, we, she was talking about domestic violence. And then one of the questions that I brought up was that, do you think it's because the men or fathers are not in the home? And I think it all goes down to like the way the perception is of whether a man is needed or not. I think it's just mm -hmm. an adjustment that needs to be mentally for all of us. Like I think men and women in our community that help get the balance back right. Because there is a set of women who they really feel like they don't need the men in mm -hmm. the house mm -hmm. or around and when it comes to their children. And then you got those that are um make it rarely available for them their um men to come see their children and then they don't. So it's it's, mm -hmm. it's an imbalance either way it goes. So I think like 
it shouldn't be too much separation between men and women when it comes to these conversations about who need to be in the house and that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it goes wrong is that when we separate it, when it needs to be a communicative, like a community of communication between both genders mm-hmm. that agree that this is what the structure or this is what may be the problem. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this. And um, the sense of another solution that may go on. I know we said one thing about the fathers not being in the house, but what do you think? I think I saw something up there on your page when you was uh, about reparations and things like that. Yeah. Now, do you think that it's based on, I, I, now we know the father's being in the house, but how can we, what is the solution base that you feel like for us as men where we could come together and do more things that can help us financially too as well to be able what? to be that type of leader that we need to be when it comes to the financial part of, of being able to raise children? Well, I think reparations is going to be scary because if you give us some money, the way we spend money, I mean, I've seen Killer Mike's you know, show that he had on TV, and he had said that the um, Italian community, when they bring money to community, it takes about um, 10 days for it to go out of their community. Right. It means they keep a lot of money inside. The Jews is 14 days. White people are seven days, four to seven days. It said that black folks, when we get money, he said it's gone in eight hours. That's disturbing. So the challenging thing about finances is that, number one, I think uh, if we want to lift up this nation, I really believe that Minister Farrakhan, you know, and I'm not a Muslim, but I love his plan in reference to utilizing reparations to uplift a nation. And I think when you look at the Hispanics coming out of the community, they got their own little village going on. You know, Chinatown in New York, they got their own thing going on. And I think for us, unfortunately, we don't have our own thing going on. It's, it's just split. We're sharing our wealth with others. And so I think first and foremost, the reparation movement is actually a, a big convention that they do in Atlanta. Uh, I'm pretty much supporting my brother, Tony uh, Shabazz, who will be one of the keynote speakers. Um, but the conversation has been overdue. And I think that at this, at this point right now, America don't feel as though they owe us anything. If that be the case, they would have given it to us already. They've been gave money to the Indians. They've been gave they them give, money, land. Money and, yeah, they they've give, been giving them land in Oklahoma. So I'm be honest with you, if they ain't gave it to us yet, I doubt if they will. Right. That's why they shoot us the PPP loans and the stimulus checks just to keep us numb. Farrakhan talked about uh, putting a pacifier on the mouth. You shoot Trayvon Martin in his chest, put a pacifier in his mouth, give the mother a foundation, and rock him back to sleep. You know, Michael Brown gets shot five times. I went to his funeral in Ferguson. One in the eyeball. Put a pacifier in the mouth, give a GoFundMe, and rock him back to sleep. And I think what we have to do is realize we got to quit being put to sleep and be aggressive in what we want. And, and have a, a actual leader. You know, it's sad because we got so many different organizations. We got Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, AI, we got the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, you got the LGBT community out there. People don't even know who to follow. I had a, a mother in Charlotte with her daughter wanting to do something with civil rights in Charlotte during the riots. Her brother got shot by the police. And she called me, she said, John, I don't know where to go. I said, what you mean you don't know where to go? She said, eight people doing something. And when Dr. King marched, everybody had one voice. And Dr. King was like, everybody was a Negro. But nowadays, we got three types of groups in our community. We got the bougie blacks that think they done made it, trying to make it to a reality show and spending money on pocketbooks that they don't need and, and, and just lavishly spending money, staying in a high-priced apartment downtown, Valentine in Charlotte, near Charlotte, and ain't got no food in the refrigerator and don't know how to make macaroni and cheese. 
And then you got the middle class. That's all of us on this phone right now. You know they don't have to make macaroni and cheese. Y'all laughing or keeping it 100. I, I can't find 30 women in Charlotte under the age of 39 that can make macaroni and cheese. Like my mama. Facts. And, but I don't know brothers that can change oil either. So that's another story. So my point is back to my point. Then you get so you got the so you got the bougie blacks. You got the Clarence Thomas. You got the you got the OJ Simpson. Right. right? And you got the Connelisa Rice. You got that out there, right? And you got Katanja Brown. I know she's in a sorority. But you married to a white man. So that's a whole nother story. Right. So you got all them out there. Then you got the middle class. That's us on this line, making sure that our phone don't get cut off tomorrow. Making sure that cash app coming through so we can pay some bills and some light bills or making sure we can get some shoes next week because there might be a nice concert going on next week. And then you got that other group that ain't working with their pants pulled down and they call them thugs. The ones that I'm not, I'm not afraid to walk up to in Charlotte and roll down my window and say, hey, brother, come here. Let me talk to you for a minute. How you doing, man? You all right? And so we got three different groups. Keep in mind, in 1960, 65, everybody was a Negro. My daddy had Rockstone and him in Clover, South Carolina, and so did Dr. King in Alabama. So we got to be able to figure out how we're going to get all these three groups back together, get the reality show stars to sit down with Colin, Tom, Colin Powell, you know, and then Colin Powell got to sit down with some of these young rappers with their pants pulled down. Because what I'm telling you, they got us split up. And we cannot be unified if we're split up like that. It's that's, imperative and that's the that thing the Deacon Board talk to June Bull. Well, that's the thing that I think that did split us up is the fact of, of money coming from poverty because a lot of these people who we expect to come together, um, whether it's entertainers and stuff like that, these guys, as we know, they don't put themselves in a position where they can't really speak out in, in certain ways because it goes mm -hmm. against their bottom line too. So, you know, the fact that we need money in our community to lift the nation, but we do have people in our community that is being uh, pretty much pacified with money. It's just a thing where it's like, yo, we just got to probably, I mean, just an opinion of mine that we got to figure out like-minded people and maybe not based on who they are, what they are, but people that are like-minded because we could change some things financially. If we could put mm -hmm. the right type of group of people together with the right mindset. But let me ask um the ladies something real quick while we got them here so they can represent okay. for the ladies as well too. So um CJ and Tamika, like what we what we was talking about now, based on what he was saying, like, do y'all agree or disagree about how important it is that you would think that will help with probably the, a lot of the change in our community by having like the fathers in the house, but more active fathers, not just having somebody in there that can pay bills and shit. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I'm married. Um, me and my husband, we have two kids. And, like, he's active. Like, it's it's a clear-cut difference from what I personally grew up with. I mean, he grew up in a two-parent household, so he know the importance and the dynamic of family. Like, he, you know, the same ideology, basically, that, you know, Mr. Barnett and, and, and other men of that caliber has, he has. Uh, I was just lucky to, to you know, find someone in high school and be with mm -hmm. him. The rest of my life, he had that concept at a very young age, you know, just the his characteristics, his morals, his goals, you know, everything, you know, it, it stood on something different because he had an active dad in his household. So, I mean, I just so happen to be blessed to have that ideal guy. But um, I, I highly agree because it does show a difference. You know, it's if you, you know, single women, unfortunately, in a situation where, you know, they are the, the only parent, you know, it's very unfortunate. But I mean... It's very important to have an active man in the house because that changes the dynamic in the future, even the mindset of of like you guys as kids. Like that's 
that's real. Like, that's why most of the time, even with not having active dads or active males in their life, we used mm -hmm. to have, you know, community clubs. We used to have, you know, a bunch of things for these kids. But once we stripped everything or once they stripped everything away, like it left them with nothing. So right. I feel like that's, that's also, you know, contribute outside of those that didn't have the ability to benefit from having like an active male or active dad in their life. We did have these, you know, community like settings of these activities for these kids, but mm -hmm. like they, they fucking us up. Like, oh, school. I mean, no, you good? No, no, you good. You know how we do. They, they, right. they fucking us up. We, like, they, yeah. they really, you know, tan us down. But we gotta, we gotta get back to, like you said, balance. Like, yeah, we yeah. gotta get back to it. That's the only Some way. Type of balance. Yeah, yeah I think, agree. Man? I agree. Um, I didn't grow up with my father actively in my my childhood. Um, he chose drugs over us, which was fine. Um, but my kids' fathers, I may have two different fathers for my kids, but they are very active in my kids' lives. Mm -hmm. I co-parent with both. One of them I'm still with, but the other one, even though he lives in Texas, we co-parent because we know we both didn't grow up with our fathers. And so we know the importance of having both parents um, and and also letting our personal to the side because it's not about us. When we mm -hmm. woke up at first, we were, you know, we had to navigate, kind of figure that out and take right. away all that hostility. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are lacking, that maturity to get past whatever relationship issues you mm -hmm. had gotcha. and come together to parent your kid because that's right. what's important. Um, so, yeah, I believe in having both parents active, loving, there, together, agreeing, even when they don't agree, you know, right, right, having right. that compromise for what's yeah. best for your child at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. Gotcha. And then I, I, I want to add, Rod, even if the father is not available, my mentor, Al Sharpton, his father left him for another woman. But his, but he but he had adopted a, a, a godfather and his name was James Brown. That's why Al right. Sharpton's hair is the way it is. People don't know why his hair is like that. It's because of his covenant, his relationship with James Brown. James Brown saying people were stealing his money in the 70s and 80s when he was on stage. And uh, he told Al Sharpton when he took him to see Ronald Reagan at the White House, because they wanted to hear Living in America the, from the Rocky Four movie. He had said after he left, he said, you know, Al, you're a good friend of mine. He said, but as a sign of your friendship and trust to me, he said, don't change your hairdo until I die. Oh, wow. And so people don't understand the covenant and the relationship that Al Sharpton had with James Brown. It ain't that he's the perm pimp. He has a relationship with James Brown, who once he had an afro before he went to the White House, James Brown told him to go and change your hair. I want Ronald Reagan to see a younger version and to know that soul music ain't going nowhere. And then another brother was in Denzel Washington. I love Denzel. I'm a big Denzel fan. I just watched his movie the other night. But he didn't really have his father active. Um, you know, so he went to the Boys and Girls Club. And there was, I think it was a show on Oprah where he, they brought the guy that was at the Boys and Girls Club uh, out to to see Denzel. He hadn't seen him in years. And every year, Denzel Washington, to, to, from, to, from my um, information, that I received, he donates back to the Boys and Girls Club. Right. So, you know, so it's even though the father's not available, it's imperative that the parent get a male yeah. figure. So let me ask you something, Kev, because Kev, you're a father, you're an active father, and you know, you, um, you know, you're active with your kids very much so, you know what I mean? You do the trips, everything, you know what I'm saying? So how, how important do you feel like it is? Cause you know, I guess coming from that particular standpoint, it would be different because you have to come with a protective mechanism as well, too. 
um, by by being a dad. So how how do, how do you feel about the dynamic between the two? I mean, for me, it's um, it's the most important thing. It's the most important hat that I wear. Um, I'm a lot of things to a lot of people, but I'm only a father to three people. Right. Um, so I want to make sure that they know that I always I'm going to do everything I can and I'm going to instill all the goals, all the, the morals that I hold, my principles. Um, you know, they're going to travel and see the world. They're going to experience the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I have candid conversations with them. I want them to have their own voice. Um, I always encourage them to to be leaders, um, to not follow just what they see. Um, you know, I catch them watching TikTok videos and all these little videos that everyone watches and I always ask them, like, why do you watch this? To give them an opportunity, because there's a sphere of influence, no matter if I'm here or not, there's always an outside sphere of influence. Right. And I think too many times people overlook that. Um, they don't see how detrimental it can be. Um I know um, Mr. Barnett has spoke about the music. Yeah, I could listen to Young Thug. I can know all the words, but I don't internalize it. A lot of times they look at the imagery because kids yeah. are visual and they're auditory. These are these are ways that people learn. So right. they're learning the lingo, the slang, right. they have you know the movements. They want to be perceived a certain type of way. And as you got as you mentioned, the kind of the three classes. Um, of people, nobody wants to be seen as a Carlton because we've been told that Carlton wasn't cool. Right. You right, know, right, he's right. Not, well, Will was cool, but Will came from the struggle, you know, so he always had to be torn in between being true to the life that he was born into right. and trying to transition to the life that he has been given. True. You know, and it's just, it's tough. It's tough. So I, I sit here every day and I try to be the a person that my kids can decompress to whatever they're going through, talk to me about it. Right. You know, right, right, right. I've experienced a lot in my 39 years on earth, you know, and, you know, all of us here, our parents are, you know, the first class of people who got to go to school um, mm -hmm. after segregation. So yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that long ago. We talking sure. 60 years. So it's not, you know, we may be the second or third generation, depending on how fast people were that are actually being able to say, okay, it's it's a level playing field, but it'll never be level until we take action, until mm -hmm. we build our strength, until right. we put the right values in our children um, right. to try to, you know, we can't prevent everything that's going to happen to them, but we can prevent how they handle it. It's never yeah. what you're taught yeah, yeah, yeah. to answer to. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I watched the video when you mentioned Tyree Nichols, I watched the video and, you know, here's a kid fighting for his life. And, you know, people have that fight or flight mentality and he fled, you know, he ran. And when they caught up to him, it got very damaging. This man can't tell his own story, mm. you know, so it, it's kind of hard to, to have your story told for you if you're not there to tell it. So we mm. have to use whatever, whatever words they want to put out there, whatever imagery they want to share of you. They never find a picture of you graduating from high school. Mm -hmm. they find a picture of you throwing up gang signs. You know, making gun fingers, doing, you know, these different things to to paint you out to be a thug, to point, paint you out to be a criminal, to be a menace to society. Um, you know, they, they want to paint that picture. So my kids pull their pants up. They pull their pants up. They, they go outside. Nah, put a belt on, you know, because I don't want people to perceive you as anything other than what you are. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. You will you start. Know, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna, it's funny you said that because. 
you know, you talked about those images and how they send those messages. I just left, I'm in Charlotte. I just left uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And mm-hmm. there's a young lady out there named Latoya Parker. Her video made one viral. She was just videotaping the cop, roughing up this brother. They end up going over to her and, and getting her, dragging her out the car and then tasing her in her hips, in her breasts, uh, seven times. They beat her up. Just no reason. She still don't have a charge, y'all. It shows a problem. That's a problem. My attorney, um, attorney Shabazz, is filing a lawsuit. But I went out there to initiate the the, the, uh, the press conference and the rally in front of the police department. They had it barricaded. They knew we were coming. But what was crazy, we created a flyer. She used one of my speaking pictures, and then she used her picture. I thought she had a neck brace on. I thought the picture was from when she got injured. Right. She said, no, the media got that picture from me five years ago oh. and put that on there to bring excitement to, to my case. Wow. So that picture that she took, I thought it was from the injury. Now, she did get injured. She got tased. She's got a, a, a very little mobility in her arm because they tased mm-hmm. her seven times. But the way that they, they, they displayed it, you would think that she had broken neck. Yeah, yeah. They went back. Yeah, I thought she was. Yeah, yeah. They went and got an old mug shot from five years ago, and used that to spread across the country. Wow. And so I think they're very big on that. Um, More white people got shot and killed by the police than black people this year, y'all. I believe it. But you don't see the stories. Mm -hmm. What makes it more exciting when a white cop is shooting Michael Brown? When a white cop or, 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 or a so-called cop is shooting Trayvon Martin, when a white cop is shooting Tamir Rice, when a white cop is choking Sandra Bland, when a white cop is shooting Walter Scott, when a white cop is shooting, you know, all of the brothers that's been shot across this country, right. you know? And so it brings excitement. And for CNN and other stations, I'm, I'm connected to a lot of these reporters, it brings ratings. And it's sad that they're making money off of displaying us in that manner. I was, I was going to ask that. Yeah. I'm sorry, not to not to cut you off. I, I was going to because that's that's a nice point that you you've hit on because the topic that a lot of people are afraid to touch on, um, I think it's called um rage farming. They mm-hmm. use those type of situations to breed so much rage to profit yeah. off of. Like, and it's just yeah. as I said and thought about it, I feel like that's. That is true. Like, um, um, I don't know. Like, am I, is it, it true? It is. It, it is no, true. I think you, if you, I got, think you're right. you got 600 white people that's been shot by the police and we ain't seen one story, but you got 380, I think, of us that's been shot. Something wrong with that picture. We ain't seen one white man be shot down, hypothetically speaking, in the news. But we don't say, look how many, I'm going to give you an example. And it's called subliminal messages. Look how many times that we've seen them put their knee, that cop put his knee on George Floyd. Look how many times they showed over and over again, Eric Garner being choked for selling cigarettes in New York City. How many times are we going to see Sandra Bland's mugshot where they say she was dead in the jail cell? How many times are we going to see Tamir Rice be shot in that playground at the age of 12? How many times are we going to see Walter Scott get shot in his ass in South Carolina? How many times? Did they run that? The more they run it, the more it brings excitement. And it brings excitement for us because we become angry. But white folks, them racist right-wing cats, is celebrating. Exactly. So nothing, nothing much has changed, y'all. Y'all got to understand me. Y'all don't hear nothing else I say tonight. Listen to me clearly. When we came over here as slaves, we had, we had shackles on, right? 
shackles had been replaced for handcuffs. When we came over here and landed on Plymouth Rock, like Michael Mack say, Plymouth Rock landed on us. They used to whip us with slaves, not to kill us, but to put us back in check. They got rid of the, the whip and they created something called the taser. Now, they used to have plantation houses where the slaves would work in the inside the house and the, and the house Negroes were working inside. Yeah, house Negro field Negroes. We don't have plantation houses. We got the courthouse. The courthouse has Negroes that y'all know when they get them jobs at the courthouse, they be acting like a house Negro, right? They got that badge, the whole nine. And then you got the field Negroes, which is us doing uh, the chain gang work, work release. Now, let me drop this bomb on y'all. You remember how white folks used to display us? Watch this. Just display us getting getting tortured, getting burned. They would throw hot tar on us. Then they would hang us. Then they would have a spectacle and a celebration. Then some whites would shoot certain body parts off of a, a slave. They would tell them to run. And they would save these body parts and use them as frames. I just found out the other day, my friend Anthony Brown, who's on here, he's maybe texting back and forth or chatting with you all. Yeah. It said that they just gave the skull back, y'all, of Nat Turner to the family. They just gave the skull back. A white family had been passing it down from generation to generation. We killed this nigga. We gonna hold on to a skull. They just gave a skull back to the family. So what am I saying in reference to those images, my sister? It's the same spectacle that they did when them white men would hang black men and they would be pointing up there at them black men. It's the same spectacle. It just wasn't on the TV back then. Now uh, it's on yeah. the TV. Right, right. Don't y'all so ever, ever sleep on that? Right. So they use it. To keep us separated, first of all, because I mean that does keep people who are in a certain financial not, bracket right, separate. Right. I mean, cut you off. Not to keep us separated, to keep fear in us that I won't go to Missouri and stand in front of this police department to put fear on us that I won't go fight for Emmett Till in Bowling Green, Kentucky, to put fear in us that I won't go and stand in front of the sheriff department this weekend in Mississippi. It's fear, my brother. That's why they would hang them and let us see it. It was, it's totally fear that they put in us. And guess what? Some of us is falling for the old trick. What a banana in the tailpipe, Eddie Murphy. Well, so what I mean, do you suggest people to do? Knowing that social media now is a tool, if you were to think about just hypothetically, you know, implement some sort of plan or like a starting point. I got you. I, I got one. I already know what you're going to say. What? You subscribe to Roland Martin because I send him money every month and I turn off Fox News. I support Ra and start watching him because he's going to give me the real news in my neighborhood. And I cut off MSNBC because Al Sharpton's on there making $500,000 a year. And I don't really see him in the streets no more with me. I love him to death. I don't see him. 500000 That's a half a million. Y'all do the math. I'm going to work out every morning at 6 o'clock. I'm going to be comfortable. Dr. King got $50,000 when he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Y'all know what that Negro did? That Negro gave the money back to the Civil Rights Movement and didn't buy a Cadillac. And he had $1,000 in the bank when he died sacrifice you turn off these stations that have all of this power and what happens is think about it cnn got four million views they ain't all white it's mm -hmm. us tavis smiley they bought bt viacom bought bt what's the first thing they did get rid of tavis smiley he educating the blacks that's the first thing they did viacom they got rid of tavis smiley and so it's imperative that we tune into black media and put on fox news to dictate what we should do or what we shouldn't do very important i don't that's listen to that's a fact. We got I've been on CNN twice this year, but I don't watch CNN like that. Right. Well, you got a different reason for being in these platforms as well, too, because, like you said, you got to get the message out. And, you know, but at the end of the day, um, 
like CJ was saying, though, like if they using this to excite us to be, you know, angry all the time. I mean, in my and just in my humble opinion, I think that's what puts us in a bond because, you know, that one emotion and anger is what keeps everything separated when it comes to relationships, all kind of relationship. Once a person get mad or once a person gets into their feelings, then there's no way that they can communicate. There's no type of compromise that can happen. But the good thing is that even with what you were suggesting as, as uh, solutions, at least that's an opportunity for us to come up with something to try yes. to change it. So like what we were saying early, like what you were just saying about, you know, us being able to, to, to figure out these things, like we got to, we got to kind of figure out the tactics that's being used against us. So in what way do we help to build this information, like uh baseline that we need? Because like you said, tuning into black media, but Hey, trying to get people to come listen to us without being considered conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we we get that label all the time for us being able to drop right. basic knowledge that we learn. Yeah, you know we, what I mean? we have we have to be relentless in tapping into the powers that be, which means October 7th and 8th, they're going to be in Atlanta doing the reparations. It's about 60 to 70 organizations. Perfect platform for us to talk about to uh, uh, leveling the playing field in media. Right. Mm-hmm. A second right. way. Is, and again, me and you might not have the ability, Rod. We might not have the resources, but we need to create an organization or a group to tap into that. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Uh, when you look at when you look at how powerful uh, the music industry is. Right. Um, I have a friend named B.J. Murphy. Right. He was uh, personality on the radio here. At Power 98 in Charlotte. My cousins know him in Larry. Right. And he said, John, I said, why don't you play more R&B music? Why are you all playing all this rap music? He said, John, if the 13 to 17 year old would ask for it, we would play it. So we have to keep playing this rap music over and over and over again because that's what the consumer wants. But it's also orchestrated by the Jews that own ABC, CBS, and ABC. ABC, CBS, and NBC, right? So if they own this, they're looking at the numbers and all they got to do is keep drilling that music in our head so all we hear is filth. In 1982 was the best time for us. 1982-85. You know why? Michael Jackson Thriller was on the radio. We, we, we didn't have a bunch of crack in our neighborhood. They were smoking weed. Hello. Right? right. We had family right. reunions. We right. went to church. We had we had cookouts. We, right. we we cared about one another. If somebody with light bill was off, we'd go and give them some money to pay for it. Nowadays, if somebody lights off, you put it on YouTube and laugh about it. We don't do family reunions. Right? We're split up in different communities. Everybody moving downtown, Charlotte, downtown Atlanta. So my point is, is that they've been very strategic in separating us. It, but it's imperative that we go back. Everything I do, I try to think, what would my grandma do in 85? What would my daddy do in 85? Because I know this ain't right. Ain't no black men in the church. In 85, all you seen was deacons and trustees. Ain't no black men in the church. Not Jamal Bryant and not my church. 80% women. And it's a reason why that is. So my point is, is that we have to contact the powers that be. We got to tap into those resources. Like I've tapped into the Department of Justice. I blow right. their phone up. Y'all gonna get rid of these six deputies down here in Mississippi, Miss Kristen Clark. You ain't been the first black uh, attorney general, assistant attorney general, and you ain't gonna do your job. She came down there. We displayed pictures of these boys being lynched, beat, and tortured while she was speaking. She had no choice but to look over at us and see these big ass poster sizes of images of men in the hospital fighting for their life. Five days later, seven days later, she put pressure on the Department of Justice to lock those deputies up. So that's a perfect example, Ron. Hit the powers that be. Gotcha. That's how you got to do gotcha. it. And you got to gotcha. do that collectively. Not just you, all these. So you need CJ, 
Meek, we need Kev. We know everybody, everybody on here to hit the powers that be. It's imperative. That's right. Um, I just want to piggyback on that as well. Um, I also want to commend you for the work that you're doing. I went and watched a couple of videos leading up to this. Um, I think that aspect of it is missing. Everybody can get angry. Everybody can get angry. We mm -hmm. can sit in our little circles in our house at work in a break room, whispering amongst each other, <laughs> you know, oh, man, F this, F that. They wouldn't do me like that. Can't believe this is, you know, it's an injustice. OK, but the legal system is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. You're exactly right. That's the thing. Like it, we always make jokes like there's, you know, oh, I'm going to write a letter. Write that letter. Mm -hmm. That's right. Write that letter because it has to be responded to. Exactly right. You have there are formal ways to file complaints. Mm -hmm. File that complaint. If, yep. a, if I go out right now and an officer beat me down, oh, right. we filing a complaint. I'm not gonna win right there in the spot with that officer. That's right. But I can have his badge and his pension. Yeah, um, Kev. That's is is. I'm so glad you said that. Last year in Charlotte, North Carolina, I walked about 32 people to the police department. Women who were going through domestic violence, getting beat up by their boyfriend, they stalking them because they so in love. People right. who were being victimized, people who were victim of hate crimes. I would walk them to the internal affairs office because they didn't know what the hell the internal affairs office was. Mm. And because I took them to the internal affairs office, they did a thorough investigation. And over half of those people got justice because they went down there and filed a complaint with a letter. You're talking about letters, I wrote Al Sharpton three times, y'all. And it was in 2001. I went in Jet Magazine. Got a picture of him in his in his perm, and I taped it to the back of the envelope, and I sent three letters symbolic to my brother being shot three times in my back, and he wrote me back. Speeding up to 2022, last year, Shankrell Robinson case had been it wasn't trending anymore. You know, the family got to GoFundMe and the whole nine, and it just wasn't trending. I said, let's send some pink letters to the White House, and let's send some pink letters. Mexico and let them know we mad that they ain't locked up these six people for murdering this girl on film. Guess what happened? Right, right. We got a visit to the White House. Joe Biden knows Shankrola Robinson's name and Mexico knew who he is, who we are, and now I got Ben Crump's cell number because I sent a pink letter yeah. to the White House. Yes, sir. Gotcha. And he gave, so, a in, he gave us Sue and Robinson who's over our case. So you so exactly the, the little things mean a lot. That's the thing. Uh, like they said, closed mouths don't get fed. And I that's think right. that's the most important part about that. It's like, because a lot of people think that writing those letters or making those calls don't matter. It's just right. like, I know we ain't talking about this, but it's the same thing with your credit. A lot of people don't know that they could clean their credit up or get things off that's of right. their credit that's holding them back just by writing a letter or making a phone call. That's you right. You know what I mean? Because a lot of things that they report be discrepancies because you never gave permission for these people to do that in the first place. But a lot of people don't know that. They think they got to mm -hmm. sit in whatever it is that's affecting them and they, mm -hmm. they feel like that's holding them back when they could just do that. So that's another thing that we got to encourage, which is super dope. Like people actually taking the time to reach out to these people or whoever they feel like is a necessary uh, a person to reach out to. So that's what I want to ask. So like when it comes to you, like all the things that you may do for people um, when it comes to, you know, their civil rights being violated. Is there anything that you do as far as like outside of that scope as well, too? Are you doing things in the financial sector for people helping them build? Is there things in like a more community based where 
with building things or what, what do you got going on outside of just the um the civil rights actual part of it? Well actually believe it or not, I'm I'm really big on what you just talked about, which and you know, lately um I think credit is important. Uh, I think people need to make sure they get use this the correct resource resources to get their credit repaired. But as far as what I'm doing, I do a lot of uh, structural work, which means if if something's out of place, like for instance, I don't just do civil rights. I do I do um, wrongful terminations. Like people get discriminated against on the job every single day. I got a lady coming this morning. She went on the job 18 years and they've been messing with her. And so I think one thing that I've been doing is just really showing people where to go. So I'm like an outlet for people. And so if you get if you go through discrimination on your job, you go to you need to go to the EOC. I won five cases last year and we got money. You know what I'm saying? I, that's why I asked because you just never know. It was it's conversations that we had and things that be going on, and then boom, I asked and then look at like look at that. So we yeah. gotta make sure that we chop that up a little bit after the show. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. um, I think that's some information that we could pass on. But yeah. um, definitely, I think that's important to know because a lot of people are dealing with things on their jobs and they be going to HR to try to help with that scenario, but it doesn't always work out. There's some people who got really solid cases to defend themselves about what they're dealing with when it comes to their job and mm -hmm. they still have to reap the repercussion of what that, that particular supervisor or whatever has access to. So we feel like that, like we shouldn't have to go to work or no one should have to go to, and go be to, pressured. Go to a job and I be agree. pressured about the job that they have to That's do right. in order to support their family. Like people abuse their power each and every day in these positions. So it's yeah. good that you that you said that because like I said, a lot of people wouldn't know that there's people with information that can help you with that, even though yeah. they're not in I, your HR. Yeah, I had a nurse in Charlotte that was going to the doctor for three to four years. She was going to a neurologist. And the doctor got to the point where he just wrote on her doctor slip, your job is directly affecting your health. He had to write it on that. I watched her get walked out after seven years of working for this racist hospital in Charlotte, Novant, I'm still mad about this case because I remember this sister with tears in her eyes when she had bought that home and that car. And she didn't do anything wrong. They just didn't want a black nurse working for them. Now, I want y'all to Google this song when y'all get off the air. Stevie Wonder has a song that's on his Hotter Than July album. And the song is called Cash In Your Face. And the mm -hmm. hook goes, you might have the cash, but you can't cash in your face. And he talks about people struggling to get a job, trying to get an apartment. And it's a deep song, but it's the reality of today. So what happens is in North Carolina, there's a right to work state. Which means you got a right to work, go to work, and you got a right to stay your ass at home, right? So the reality right. of that is that they can fire you if your shoes are not tied. And that's what they're doing. They're relentlessly firing people, and people don't know where to go. About 80 people called me last year going through discrimination on their job. I sent probably 80, 90% of them to the EEOC. 10 might have won their case where I had to mediate and, and beat these well, these racist companies down for money, pennies, 50,000, 60,000 to my client or for my client. But I will tell you this, we can't put all our eggs in the basket. You got this outlet, get you some sponsors to support your show, even if you yeah. buy some Starbucks tomorrow off that show. So I'm, I'm going right. to plug you in a minute. You know, I do marketing for Sunshine Anderson, whole now, right? So watch this. Right. this. This is how we do it. You got to understand that there was four, T.D. Jakes talked about this, and I'm not a big T.D. Jakes fan at all. But anyway, he talked about this financial seminar he said there was 10, he said there was four rivers, y'all, going into the Garden of Eden. Y'all going to love this, right? Four right. streams, north, east, cave, west, south, right? Northeast, northeast, I mean, east, west, north, and south. And he had said that your financial income need to be the same way, right? 
So which means you need at least three to four forms of income so that if one of the streams get cut off or two of them, you still got something coming in. I'll give you two examples. Steve Harvey has four checks. He got the Steve Harvey collection. He got the family feud. He got his books that he sells, and he got his morning show. Usher Raymond has four streams. He got the music industry. He signed Justin Bieber. He has Usher Cologne, and he has a nonprofit organization called Good Look in Atlanta. Four streams, along with other things that he got going. I'm just naming four. So when right. you see people that have those four streams, Puff Daddy, Puff Daddy has music. He has Sean John clothing. He's selling Ciroc liquor. And now he got Revolt TV. Four streams, y'all. So my point is, is that don't put all your eggs in the bucket. Don't think this lady that come this morning that that job is going to be there forever. You and your 18th year, boo, they about to fire you because they you black and you got seniority. They about, I told her this morning, they right. are planning to fire you and I didn't bite my tongue. So now tomorrow I'll be sending a letter to HR because she's been trying to fight the case with HR in the inside. Girl, you fooling with the inside. You can't you can't uh, stop it happen burning from the inside. You got to go on the outside. Yes, let sir. me send a letter to them and let me send you to the Atlanta EEOC office, which is full of black folks, and get you some help. That's what I'm going to do for her tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Gotcha. That's empowerment. And so that's key. But understand those four things. People on these jobs and they devastated. They lost their house, their car. Why? You don't put all your eggs in one basket. And even if you get a part-time job, I did, used to do prepaid legal. They said eventually you're going to realize that the money you make in prepaid legal is going to get you off your job. I was working at a group home, y'all keeping kids at night and doing prepaid in the evening. And the money that prepaid was giving me was surpassing my check. So eventually I said, I'm leaving this job. I left the job, started doing prepaid, but then I said prepaid, all they doing is getting $35 from me. Or I'll get it from somebody. I send it to Oklahoma. They give me a lawyer in Charlotte. I said, let me get rid of this. I'm going to do, do a Puff Daddy Uptown move, right? You know he left Uptown Records yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and did yeah. his own thing, right? right? He started Bad Boy Entertainment. I got rid of the lawyers. I started having lunch with lawyers downtown Charlotte. You want to give you the names? Eric Montgomery, Timothy Smith. I'm doing shameless plug right now to all my lawyers in Charlotte, right? Uh, 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 um, Brother Dixon, R.J. Dixon, Benjamin Crump, Johnny Cochran's office in L.A. And now your boy is connected to 35 lawyers in 15 states. I don't need prepaid. Now they donate back to my cause so I can keep fighting civil rights. That's how you empower yourself. So I got rid of prepaid and I got rid of the group home and now I ain't clocked in in 17 years and I love my job. But people call me, I'm the 911 for black folks and I send them to the lawyer. And it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an amazing feeling when I wake up in the morning and I don't know who's going to call me. People calling me from Wichita, Kansas this morning. I ain't never been no damn Wichita, Kansas, but I'm about All to call right. the mother back and give her some help. That's right, yo. That's what we like, you know. That energy, yo. That energy is is crazy right now. You, yo, I, I, like you got me over here, like yo. Listen, yo, I'm about to start writing this in my little notebook. Listen, I'm about to hit Meek on the low, like, hey, yo, Meek, I need a planner, yo, for real. Yeah, let's get, let's get, got let's you, got you. Let me, let's, yeah, we got to do that. Notebook strike. I want the notebook lines because I still yeah. write like a doctor. I need to make sure yeah. I put it in the line, yo. But, nah, but, for real, though, but real talk, real talk. All five of us on a conference call in 48 hours so we can use each other's resources. Cause the, see, you got to realize everybody is just a step away from success, but they have to be in place or in position to be in contact with that person to take them to the next step. Point at hand. Michael Jackson knew how to sing before he met Quincy Jones, but he didn't have Eddie Van Halen's cell number. Quincy Jones did. He didn't have Benson Price number on Thriller. 
Quincy Jones did. He didn't have uh, James Ingram song that wrote PYT. Y'all know I got a photographic yeah, memory. Yeah, yeah, he wrote yeah. PYT, right? So he didn't have James Ingram song. And then he didn't have Paul McCartney's number, who sung with the Beatles, which was the first song on the track called The Girl Is Mine with the number one. Same as mm -hmm. plug on Quincy, because Quincy used the white boy to push Thriller to the moon. Y'all will catch that tomorrow. So he didn't have those numbers. Quincy Jones did. He right. gave those resources to Michael, and then they sold 100 million records together. So all of us collectively, we can't try to hinder one another. If we learn one day that a fear of a black planet that public enemy talked about, the That's fear right. of the black planet, the only fear they got, y'all, is that me and Mika and CJ and Kevin Rob get together one day. But if they can keep us separated like the black blocks in between our faces right now, then they're winning. But the fear of a black planet is us coming together in unity. That's the biggest fear in America. That's period. Right. Yeah, and that, that goes back to the whole separation talk. Everything that they do to keep us separated versus allowing what well, we, our mindsets, you know, well, I ain't going to say our, but in the sense of who our, our community representatives are, they don't have the mindset to, to be leaders anymore. Mm -hmm. So, yo, I, I definitely appreciate all the Jews you dropped on here today because we need that type of energy. And to know that it is these type of resources out here, because before tonight, I don't think a lot of people that's watching or whatever would have known that, yo, it's somebody that'll help fight for you in your job, outside your job. That's right. That's like, right. Well, I don't think a lot of people know that. Like, they literally, don't. Don't. to say, like, you know, I know that there's a way that I can fight my job outside my job. We all know HR. That's you right. That's saying? right. Because that's what they're supposed to be. But yeah. just knowing that. But also, like you said earlier, the mindset of understanding the power of having multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people walk in the door of their jobs with a certain attitude because that's mm -hmm. the only place they got that they got to get their paper from. So it's almost like if we could change the mindset of what we're doing for that, then that might help us on our job without being able to deal with the bullshit that people try. But sometimes right. people try you too much. You know what I mean? Like they try you like you ain't you ain't about that life. Like you ain't really seriously like one step away from just saying like, listen, I'll go pick up Uber and Lyft. I'll punch you in your face. But I think people don't get that. Yeah, I think right. they really forget that they manage in a process. They think they manage people and that's the yeah. disrespect. You're you know right. What you, know what I, you know what I learned? You're right. You're exactly right, Rod. You're dead on. Um, you know what I learned about millionaires? The majority of millionaires made their money after hours. See, when Puff Daddy was in Uptown, he was mad and angry. But his private meetings with Biggie Smalls after 5 p.m. is when he really made his money. Right. So most millionaires are making their money after 5 p.m., not on the clock. And so that's what makes it successful. I think Steve Jobs, one of those guys, they only have a degree. Was it Elon Musk, one of those guys? All billionaire. Of them. Yeah, no. they, don't, they don't have a college degree. You know, so I think it's imperative that, you know, we have to step outside the box. And it has to be taught. It can't be mama worked at the plant, so I'm gonna work at the plant, and my daddy worked at the plant. You know, my dad was a my dad was a chef, y'all. And I had to have hair burnt off my hand in Lake Wiley, South Carolina, cooking food for rich white folks. And matter of fact, your boy is a chef. I'm a cook. Matter of fact, I call myself a sous chef, right? Because I can cook the sirloins and the crab legs and I can do the lobsters. I mean, I did it. I had a spatula in my hand at the age of eight. And I thought that my life was gonna be a cook until I realized I don't wanna be in this kitchen. All the hair burnt off my hand. I'm gonna be serving these people that they ain't really satisfied with this steak. And I'm so glad that uh, that I got to the point where I read Malcolm X's book, which led me to work with Reverend Sharpton. It got me to the place where I'm at now because 73% of people in this country, Ra yeah. and Mika, in this country hate their job. Yeah. That's sad. 
73% of people in this country hate their freaking job. Right. Michael Jackson said he loved his job. I love mine. I don't know where I'm going tomorrow. I mean, yo, it, it, I got your, Mississippi your, this weekend, right? And your, new, and your new job helped your hair grow back on your hands. So shit. <laughs> I know you love your I know you love your new job. Your hair yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know I do. Well, I, you know coming I, do. Back. I but I gotta I gotta I gotta change my job. Maybe my hair come back. <laughs> hey my I know, right? My my grandfather ain't coming back. It ain't coming back. It ain't coming back. You gotta get you gotta get haircut for me in. <laughs> look, look, look! You know, I knew it was one of them gonna jump in because you know they, they, don't, they don't let me live like that. Because I be telling them like how I feel like I really could be on American Ninja Warrior, but they be hating, so we ain't gonna go there. Right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, I do want to thank you so much for jumping on, man. Because I um, but before we, you know, what I'm saying before we wrap, yeah, we've been on an hour and twelve minutes. I'm about to start charging. I'm scared. <laughs> nah, 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 you good? But we gotta chop it up a little bit behind the scenes, yo, because we got a few questions between okay. um, between the five of us, but. Um, before you go, I just need you to touch on a couple things, if you don't mind. Um, if you don't mind, I just need you to repeat real quick to the people out there who do have a job or people who are watching to help them to understand that there is help for you in your job, outside of your job. You just mm -hmm. have to like, without, whatever, whatever you're doing, I just feel like everybody that's dealing with an issue like that, sometimes we be, we're made to be uncomfortable for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I, I know a lot of people don't want to see the spiritual in, in, in a lot of things that happen to them, but sometimes it's not injustice. Sometimes things happen to us to stir us up for us to get on the right path. Mm -hmm. and a lot of times we're not meant to be comfortable at where we are, so things happen to us to stir us up to make sure that we stay focused on the things that we're supposed to do, um, knowing that where we are is not where we literally are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I do get the same thing on the, on the same end, that people do deal with injustice. You still shouldn't have to deal with bullshit going to work. That's right. You still shouldn't. People so, are stressed out on their jobs, yeah, man. man. And, and, and they going there for a purpose. They're not going there for the people that's there. They're going there because they got responsibility. Yeah. And what I tell people is, and what I tell people is, the problem ain't gonna go away. When you when you get when you clock out Friday, that same supervisor's gonna be there with a pitchfork, with a pitchfork and horns on Monday morning at nine o'clock. That's a fact. So you got to get rid of that problem. So so in saying that, in response to that, the EE it's called the EEOC, which was established pretty much after Dr. King came up with this concept of getting us back in these restaurants and schools. It's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. They need to use that. If not, they can contact me. I will show them how to see. I love sending civil rights letters with Al Sharpton's name on it and Ben Crump and Willie Gary from Florida, billionaire. I mean, I love putting their names on these letters and sending them to these little redneck businesses that disrespect our sisters because all they want to do is feed their children, right? I'm going to call a name, right? And so when I send those letters, they first say, think about it. Uh, back to Kale's point National Civil Rights Office and send a letter and they want to talk to us about an employee going through discrimination, and he got a business card in from a lawyer, and on the right side, the board of directors and the members is Al Sharpton and Benjamin Crump. You think them Negroes ain't going to open that letter? So what you have to do is you have to use the power of influence, clout, and intimidation, y'all. Mm. And that'll shake them up. Because even if they don't respond to my letter, I send a second one. Mm -hmm. Hey, second notice, maybe y'all didn't get the first one, and I send it certified to make sure they sign for it. $2.37. Then if they don't respond to that third letter, I'll send the client to the EEOC and I'll get them to fill out that form and I'll help them fill it out. And then the EEOC, when they send a federal letter to the company, they're going to have to respond in. That's so right. it's imperative that you quit fooling with HR. HR ain't never helped me get no Negro, no, no uh, person fired, period. Mm. Never. HR ain't never helped me do nothing. Maybe yeah. once or twice. 
because they are they getting paid for by the company. So it is when you walk in that courtroom, bro. I got to give this to you for free. Right. I like the Carolina Panthers because I'm from Charlotte. Y'all know we the best, right? Shout out to Cam Newton. Will she come back? Right. <laughs> and, there's a, and, and there's a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans that's got really excited because they got 40 and old the other night, and y'all still ain't going to Super Bowl, right? No, so all. check this out. So when you walk into the courthouse, I want you all to visualize everybody being the Dallas Cowboys. And we are the Carolina Panthers. Now, what I mean by that, you'd be a fool to think the public defender got your best interest in mind. Why do I say that? Because the public defender, the judge, the prosecutor, the bailiff that they check, check you for a gun and a knife at the door, and the court reporter all get their check from the same bank. I'm going to say that one more time. Mm-hmm. The public defender has to bill. That's why the lawyer say, the judge said, how many hours did you do? Oh, I did about eight hours. So the same check that he gets comes from the same check that the person on the other side is trying to lock your black butt up. He gets the same check from the same bank. If you're in Atlanta, it's the Capitol. If you're in North Carolina, it's Raleigh. If you're in, Col- if you're in South Carolina, it's Columbia. The same check. So you be a fool to think, a fool to think that public defender has got your ultimately best interest in mind. Mm. So it's imperative that you study the law yourself. And tell the public defender, look, all I need you to do is do this, that, and the third. Do a prayer for judgment or do a deferred prosecution. That's some, that's some legal knowledge that y'all may not be aware of. It gets people out of trouble. And so in saying that, back to your point, yes, they need to contact that EEOC, empower themselves to know that they need to reach out. Reach out and they can contact us at 803-412-6854. We're on Instagram, civil rights underscore CEO. You're going to see me jumping all over the place. I might be with Sunshine Anderson. The next day I might be with, with Benjamin Crump, but I love my job. You're going to see me all over the place. And then on Facebook, on the Facebook, my name is John C. Barnett. And uh, I didn't call myself just the people there. They call it, call me the Prince of Civil Rights. And I love my job. Hey, yo, and that's dope, man. Yeah, Sunshine Anderson, she followed me um the other day. I, I was like, all right, come on with it, yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. She probably yeah. seen me plugging you. And I gave uh, her dance watching us right now, believe it or not. Rock, brother, yeah. rock money. Oh, man. That's yeah, my man yeah. all day. That's my godfather. He teach me how to eat, eat right. That's what's up, y'all. So listen, to all of y'all that's watching, man, like definitely it was a bunch of y'all that jumped on. Um, I appreciate everybody who who put in comments, uh, who commented tonight. I think that was dope. And um, yo, we got to have you back on, man. We're going to have you back on because we're not finished with going on with LaDasia. We got to come back on with an update. I'm actually going to talk to her mother in a couple of weeks. I'm going to have her on so we can just chop it up with her and get some things going on. Okay. Um, I wanted to bring you guys on separate, even though I know you're working on that case, because I wanted okay. the, uh, people to get a little bit more familiar on what okay. it is to be a civil rights activist, because I think okay. a lot of people feel like um, it's not something that's been helping us. And I, and I, what I mean by that is not based on who the people we know, it's based on public perception of what we've been seeing. That's um, right. You know that it only happens when, you know, it's high powered cases or high powered things that get national coverage. But the things that happen locally, you know, there's nobody that they know or people know of that will come and fight for them. And the fact that, you know, you are helping to fight for LaDasia and all of the people that are in the situations like her, that, that gives a lot of hope to people. I hope that watch this program and watch the playback is, you know, I'm going to clip this up. We're going to make this run. But um, that that understand that there is somebody to call. There is somebody around. And like you said, you had somebody from Wichita call you. So if somebody watching us from... I don't even care. Bumble, yeah. I don't care. Bumblebee, Missouri. I don't care where you're from. If people from Wichita, <laughs> Wichita up, Kansas. Yeah. Yo, you can hit them up. We could probably direct you in the right place. And that's having right. those lawyers in all those places is really good. That's right. Too. 
You're right. And Rod, that's how you use your platform to empower people. Uh, but if I didn't hear nothing, Minister Farrakhan said, he said, Michael was a gifted individual, but he need to use his gift to uplift his people. Whitney that's Houston right. is a, was a talented singer. You know, God bless her soul. But you need to use your gift to uplift your people. Uh, who, what, what kind of fool would you be to go get a degree at Harvard, to go to the White House, to marry a white woman, and you do nothing for your people? And I call that an insignificant Negro. And see, the insignificant Negro, he gets a fancy car and a nice house. But when he dies, nobody's going to worry about him. They're going to drive his car up and down the road, and they're going to go by the house and say, that's where the insignificant Negro lives. If I didn't learn nothing else from my big boy, Reverend Sharpton, he said, the insignificant Negro. He said, the only thing that matters when you leave this earth, Rock, is what you do for somebody else. That's I don't right. care what Michael Jackson did in Never Never Land with them white boys. All I know is he gave 23 organizations. He in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the biggest humanitarian in the world. I don't right. care what Whitney did in that tub, that fateful night. But I know she sung the national anthem like no other Negro in this country. And the list right. goes on and on. Yeah. So that's what we remember. And so I want to make sure that when you wake up every morning that you make memories. And those memories is impacting somebody's life. If somebody needs something to eat and they on the street, give them a cracker. Give them water. I'm in point now. I'm, I'm putting umbrellas in my car. So when I come up on a homeless person that's raining, I throw the umbrella out at them to yeah, cover them up. Little yeah, things. Little things, little things mean a lot. Things, and you never man. know where your blessing comes from in doing that. Yeah, and so, fact, yeah, so I'm just, um, again, just, I just want to make sure that when you do shows like this, that you, you empower the people and you inspire the people. And that's, that's what you're fact. doing on your show. That's what you're doing yeah, on your show. We try, B. We, 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 we do conversation. We, we, we do a conversational base on this show, on this platform. And we, we make sure that everybody's perspective is respected. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. thing that we do. We don't argue. Um, we get passionate, <laughs> but we don't argue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we go through a sit because we understand that communication is, is the key to success in our community. We got to be able to learn how to communicate. We got to be able to learn how to communicate without being emotional too as well. Yeah, you're you right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can have passion without really, you know, feeling like this person is attacking you. We don't want to be attacked for our mm -hmm. opinion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We want to be mm -hmm. embraced for the fact that we individuals. We don't want to be like everybody else. And it's cool mm -hmm. to person to say that what makes them different without another person trying to tell them that they wrong for being different. And I think that's, that's right. where the, the conflict comes at when we have uh, well, a lot of platforms where women and men have an equal balance on the show. Because sometimes it just be the ladies and me, but we still never argue. And mm -hmm. I think that if anybody could look at that for anybody else that has a platform, they can understand. They can stop saying that all we do is argue with each other because yeah. we don't. You know what I mean? Even when we get passion, we still don't argue. So I feel yeah. like that's one good thing about the way that we maneuver. Hopefully um, people will see that when they look at this platform and they watch us, they understand that. You know what I mean? We give it up. Like, yeah. yeah. We say what we say, but you know. That's right. We got respect for each other, and I think that's the, that goes a long way. Respect goes yeah. a lot longer than than uh, pride sometimes. You're right, and I appreciate you having a balance. Yeah, I appreciate you having a balance. This 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 show doesn't look like the, like the View. <laughs> ah, yeah, All women. Yeah. This show yeah, don't look yeah. like Kevin Samuels. May he rest in peace. You know, right, but, right, but, right. But but keep that balance because then sisters can gravitate to the sisters, brothers can gravitate to brothers, and vice versa. So it's imperative that you keep it like this. And the only show I know is like that is on, they're on Fox, Black Fox News, whatever. Claudia Jordan and and the, and the other two brothers. I don't know if y'all seen that Fox Soul. Right, right, right. right. There. Yeah, but they have a show. It's kind of balanced. But um, but but back to your point. I got to tell you this. You talked about civil rights people not knowing who to call. Today, the NWCP is like an old Black Baptist church, and I'm a member. And what that means, y'all, is and it's very sad to say this. 
in Atlanta, Georgia. My former pastor was over the NWCP office and the NWCP office has closed down. And I went to Athens, Georgia the other day because there's been nine men, nine people have died in the Fulton County Jail. The family said they were calling the NWCP office and I Googled them and it said closed. So what am I mean by a Baptist church? See, black folks, young people, I age 25 to 40, that's the audience that Joe Moore O'Brien has because in order to have a mega church, you got to have 25 to 40. Don't get that twisted. T.D. Jakes had 25 to 40. But what happens is, is that the NWCP is like a black Baptist church or Amy Zion church. Young people don't go there no more. So last, a couple of years ago, my pastor told me, former pastor Charles White, he said that 13,000 people did not renew their membership for the NWCP because they felt as though they weren't doing nothing for them. Wow. And, yet I get, and yet I get 60 calls a week. But I get 60 calls because I'm physical and, I'm, right. and, uh, and I'm, I have a presence. And so the reality of that is we wouldn't, I tell people all the time, Dr. King, Malcolm X, Reverend Sharpton, um, um, and Tupac, and Whitney Houston all had something in common. You know what it was? Not Whitney Houston, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gandhi, Dr. King, Malcolm X, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, they all had something in common. You know what they had in common? What's that? They were about that action. They were outside. It was Reverend Sharpton would, would be the same Pentecostal preacher preaching at the age of eight in Brooklyn if he didn't get mad at the deacon board for not doing nothing for the homeless people at 16. Jesse Jackson would be doing the same thing. Dr. King would still be behind his daddy in Georgia, patting him on the back saying, preach daddy, if he had not had a Rosa Parks experience. Shameless plug, Dr. King went full-time in civil rights seven days after Rosa Parks was not a seat on the bus, which means if she had went to the back of the bus, y'all, we wouldn't have no Dr. King. They were outside. So the NWCP, in the eyes of so many people, 13,000 people did not renew, which means 13,000, y'all, do the math, their membership is $30. Mika, add that up real quick. You got 13,000 times 30, all right? <laughs> That's the money to keep the office alive. So watch this. You mean to tell me in Atlanta, Georgia right now, that black people between 25 and 40 do not have an NWCP membership card, but they got a membership card to Magic City. Y'all do the math. They got yeah. a membership to Onyx. They yeah, got a membership yeah. to the strip club. Hell, they got a yeah. membership to Sam's Club, but yeah, they ain't got yeah. no membership to the yeah. NAACP. My grandma yeah. had one but in 1985. But you hit the nail on the head with that. It's because it's all the they don't do... They 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 haven't proven to us or shown us that they really outside no more. But, They're not but you outside. Know why? You know, but it's you two understand? parts. You know why? Because we're not joining. And they're not addressing our needs. And that's what because we have people not joining to, to okay to express the needs that are that are needed. Okay. Well, then I think that's something that we probably need to figure out a way that they can rally up to make people understand. Because it goes back, not to say um to segue into the music business, but that's what they say about the academy. Like, yo, a lot of yeah. times a lot of people are not getting things because they're not a part of it. So they're not making decisions. That's right. And that goes and that goes to a lot of other things too. Um that when it comes down to the thing, like if people don't actually put themselves together, they can't come up with the decisions. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot so, of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Three hundred and ninety thousand, y'all. So and that's just for a year. We can move it slow on the numbers. You move it slow on the calculator. Move it slow. Well, Rodriguez dropped them numbers. Mika, Mika, your um, mic muted, y'all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my bad. That was just that was too big of numbers. I couldn't get there. That's okay, you good. Yes, he got us. Yes, he got us straight though. That's what's up. I, I, I appreciate the efforts, but that's but, but yeah. And I didn't mean to cut you off, Robert. You see the money, y'all. Yes. That's over a half a million dollars. That's why there's no office in Atlanta. That's why there's no office in in Mississippi. That's why I got to go to Mississippi. 
and Malik got to give me some a cash app and some gas money to go to the hotel down there and to get to Mississippi because there's no NWCP there that's active. And it's just like my grandma's church. Ain't nobody going there no more. They had new life and new this and new center and, and they had Potter's house. They, they ain't transforming lives. It's just Negroes right. from another church. This is them fell up in the Potter's house. Farrakhan right. transforms lives for whatever ability that he has and right. the God that right. they believe in. Them boys was on crack drugs and, and, and shooting people. That's transformation. T.D. Jakes is a product of church members joining his church. Ain't no transformation in that. No, no disrespect. I'm just keeping it 100. I mean, we know and that. So what I mean, you ain't saying that we don't know. We see it all. Yeah, you know, we do. So, so what we have to do is we have to. So they. So so the NWCP, and I know we got to go. The NWCP, y'all, needs a Michael Jordan experience. <laughs> y'all gonna love this one too. What is a Michael Jordan experience? How can the NWCP get young people between twenty-five and forty to join? Let me tell you, hip-hop music. What's a Michael Jordan experience? Nobody knows the CEO of Hanes Underwear and Gatorade or Ballpark Franks, all three endorsed by Michael Jordan. Why did they put Michael Jordan on the front of a damn Ballpark Frank hot dog? So they can generate numbers. Why has they got Michael Jordan drinking Gatorade? So they could generate numbers. Why is Haynes using his face to sell underwear? I guess I'm on right now. Numbers. We don't even know who the CEO of Haynes and Gatorade is. But we see Michael Jordan's face. And because of his face, we're going to go by. So the NWCP needs to get a Michael Jordan. They need to have a Michael Jordan experience. Y'all need to get Kanye West. Y'all need to get some kind of positive rapper like Killer Mike to endorse y'all so the young people can embrace them. Because they ain't joining so y'all need a Michael Jordan experience and y'all need a makeover. And I love the NFCP. I'm a member. But they ain't generating the numbers I'm generating. I get at least 30 members a month, y'all. It, it, a minimum of that. Sometimes two, three people a day. I mean, I'm serious. 25. I can show you applications. I got more members than the NFCP in three, four local cities around me. And they're just not joining because they're not active. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're a little older. Most of the pastors and presidents, most of the presidents are pastors. You got to get that youthful energy. And I'll close in saying this. Michael, my, um, my, um, my, um, Malcolm X and Dr. King was 39 years of age when they died. It wasn't 79. We got to understand that. You right. need somebody young to push this movement. That's what's up. So, y'all, all y'all watching um, and all y'all that's going to watch the playback, you know what I'm saying? Definitely, y'all know that if you want any type of change, like the brother John said, man, I mean, it's effective in writing letters. It's effective in making phone calls. And also um, certain organizations, like we said, or the NAACP, if there's change that need to be had because we probably need to show up in numbers to be a part of these organizations that help affect change from the inside, then there's an opportunity for us to kind of, you know, communicate and get that in, you know. I guess, you know, for most people that may have the mindset like, oh, I don't think that's going to work. Oh, it ain't worked so far. Maybe we just got to change the way we think and get the right amount of people in there and then we can make some shape because mm -hmm. we do need people in certain positions that can help, you know, move some things around. We need people in city council. We need people in the zoning offices in these in these communities, in these counties, so we could be able to get the most out of this land when we start to buy it and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just think it's important. And I do appreciate y'all. And John, I do appreciate you jumping on, chopping it up. Thank y'all. I want to come you know back. Understand? 
Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, dropping all that knowledge and letting everybody know the things that they did know that they had opportunity to figure out. I think that was super dope. All of y'all, make sure y'all go follow my man, John C. Barrett. I mean, Barnett. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then say your um say your um IG again because I think uh, IG the civil rights underscore CEO. I started my own civil rights organization. Want right. to do it? Civil rights <laughs> underscore CEO. Civil rights underscore CEO. Y'all follow him on Instagram. Y'all see what the brother's been doing. Y'all see what he's like been doing, and see what he got going on now. And like he said, reach out to him. He dropped his number. Also DM him if y'all got certain questions that y'all need answered. You know what I'm saying? Just follow up with the brother and let's try to get some things going. Because if you're dealing with any type of injustice anyway, and like we learned today, even on your job, mm-hmm. there's an answer for that. So let's let's just try to figure it out, y'all, and let's get these multiple streams of income going in. Get that mindset going on, too. So like he said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's right. So we'll be in Jackson, Mississippi this Monday and Tuesday. Atlanta, Georgia, October 7th for the uh, reparations convention. So it is. There it is. All right, Kev, what you got coming on? You got anything coming up? Travel. I'll be traveling. Y'all see the pictures. All right, there you go. <laughs> see double. What we got going on? Per use preview.career. Again, once you go ahead and access the landing page, we'll send you more information. It is a job platform that pretty much shows immersive day and life videos to see if not only you're able or you're capable of pursuing these career, but if the culture match. So again, www.preview.careers with an S at the end. So I've been spelling it wrong this entire time. So my apologies, guys. But with the S at the end, and uh, we'll we okay. be more information. <laughs> no doubt, y'all. That's what we're talking about. Business empowerment. Yeah, we need that. Meet, what's going on with you? Yeah, I know. Like I always say, follow me on Facebook. Um, I'm just out here trying to get my group together, my tribe together, because I'm ready to hit somebody's stage and and do this empowerment movement that I'm trying to do. So I'm just networking, trying to get some some contacts and see who wants to help me build up some women and get them feeling right. You know, that's what I do. Anybody need any planners, journals, notebooks? Let me know. Personalize whatever you need. I got you. That's okay. What's what what's city y'all in? What city y'all in, bro? Uh, we out in Raleigh. Everybody in Raleigh? Yeah. Man, y'all got Atlanta swag. I thought I was in Atlanta. Oh no, nah, <laughs> no. Nah. I, I thought y'all was in Atlanta for real. Yeah, we, we just got that energy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see that. City energy where we yeah. go. You know I mean? Yeah. So, so, so definitely shout out to Ladeja Nelson. Been in jail for almost five years, falsely accused. So uh, we're gonna be doing a press conference. Matter of fact, um, the 14th, I think this week. Yeah, this week. Uh, so we're going to be doing a press conference in Raleigh. So I got to definitely let you know about that. Right. And that's why I'm going to talk to her mom after that, like a week after that. And I think they had a trial date kind of set, it looks yeah. like. You know what yeah. I mean? So we're going to figure it out because I know it ain't too much that we can talk about the trial, but we're going we're gonna to give up right. for her to so. at least be able to get out how she feels and what yeah. she's been dealing with uh, going yeah. through this type of, as a parent, you know what I mean? Going through these yeah. uh so when I come to Raleigh, we all gotta eat. We gotta go go ahead and eat, oh, y'all for real. Know, right. yeah. It's on me. It's on me. And you said the magic word to CJ. Yeah. I know they love food, right? They crunk now. Look, you said the right thing. They about right? to get off. Yeah. So with all you guys watching, again, like I said all the time, man, I appreciate y'all, man. Make sure that y'all check out everything we have going on. You can catch all three of them. Uh, on Collective Visions one on uh, Facebook, and you can catch us on Team Collective TV as well. 
Uh, you can catch all the content, all the skits, everything that we got going on. Y'all can check that out. We definitely appreciate y'all. We also know that some people have been hitting me up and asking me how can they support the show, which is super dope. I really, I'm thankful, you know, because like I said, you just never know. Like you said, closed mouths don't get fed and I don't be asking. So the fact that people even, you know, hit me up like, yo, Rod, how can we do that? I think it's dope. So y'all can always hit us up on the link tree. Okay. And the donation button up there. If Thanks I want to go into the platform or any of that, that's cool. All it does is go right back into the platform right now, and we're just going to help build it up. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. We need advertising and things like that, so that's where it's going. You know what I mean? So definitely appreciate y'all for inquiring on how y'all could do that for those of y'all that's been watching. And, um, yeah, like I say all the time, man, y'all know how we do, man. It's Sparking Conversation each and every Tuesday. We out here. We, we giving y'all our commentary. And we're going to keep it going, man. And until next time, don't forget, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Y'all hang on real quick. But the rest of y'all, double salute until next week, man. Don't hurt nobody. Y'all be good.